Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. We're going to just give you a second to center yourself, and we're going to practice the rule of life where we just take a moment to pause and meditate and be still and know that God is still on the throne and know that he is God. So take a moment. All those automatic thoughts about the future, all your concerns, let's exhale and bring all your concerns to the feet of the Lord. Peter tells us to cast our cares upon the Lord for he cares for us. And now inhale the transcending peace of God, his presence, and his love for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. COVID-19 pandemic has radically transformed the global population in ways many of us did not see coming. For me personally, the pandemic has changed the way I eat and the way I shop. I no longer go to supermarkets at all. Amazon Prime and Whole Foods is how I get my groceries, literally right toward my doorstep. It made me lazier but happier. I honestly hate shopping in crowded spaces. I'm an introvert. I think I need to eat and I go, let's order in. Because as introverts, you want to eat something, but calling someone or talking to someone messes you up. And you only know if you're an introvert like that. But um, one of the big blessings of, of Whole Foods, and then I was introduced recently to Instacart. How many people use Instacart? Yeah. I didn't know about Instacart at all until our very famous actress, Michelle Sun, was, give her a hand, she was a star at, during the pandemic. In Instacart, and I was like, well, she's like, guys, pray for Instacart commercial. And then she got it. And then I saw the commercial about 10 to 12 times. I was like, wow, Michelle's getting better as an actor, you know? <laughs> and then um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go check this out. And it turns out American Express has a way where you can get it for free for the annual subscription. So now I don't, one of the things Whole Foods didn't have was soda. And you know I need my Diet Coke, right? <laughs> so, you know, now I literally don't leave the house. But anyway, with this passage in Matthew 6, what I want to focus on is the inverse of the word hypocrite. Because Jesus is drawing the imagery of what it means to be an actor, director, producer, maybe even in the arts, fashion designer. And if you ask Michelle and even Amin, who is winning, by the way, right? I think another film festival recently. Give him a hand, yeah. 
It didn't feel like that six months ago. It was like crickets. And one of the things I notice from this text, when Jesus says, don't be an hypocrite, he's actually talking to the Pharisees. We're talking about external exuberance of spirituality. When internally, your inner life is dead, but because of the approval of man and praise, whatever, you act. That Greek word hypocrite is actor. In, in Jesus' time in the first century, the amphitheater was created. And so actors live for the applause of others. But I think when we look at the idea of what it means to live through a script, you don't need to be an actress or a, a director to understand the up and downs when you live for approval of others. When you're a pleaser. Because if I've, I've walked with these guys who are now not starving artists, but flourishing in many ways. But there's, even if you watched, how many people watch Friends Reunion? You guys seen it in HBO Max? If you, if you didn't, you're a sinner. You need to repent. You need to be not of the world, but in it, okay? But, but, but even Friends and Jennifer Aniston and others said that even in the pilot, they were afraid that it would be canceled because when you act, usually your life is what? Full of rejection. You perform for the applause, but you don't even get it. And walking with these guys, the up and downs, the, the valleys are so low, it attacks your identity. But then many of us are not actors. What if Ellie said to Michelle, I want to be an actress, mommy. She might get a heart attack. But all of us live by a script because a lot of us are also actors. And Jesus says, don't live as an actor. What is he saying? Aletheia, li live by the truth. Be honest. Not just talking about lies. We're talking about duplicity. Acting is really about duplicity in, in a certain sense. Because what? You're pretending and acting and performing a script. And the question I have for us to think about today is, what kind of script do you have in your mind that you're living out for the approval of others? Because what does that lead to? Despair. Fear. So let's look at this text, and then let's go over just two things, point and lesson. So Jesus says this in verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So, Jesus is saying, don't act. Be honest. Because what is the reward of an actor? to perform. And if you perform well, you receive applause. But what if you're a regular person that's struggling? How many of us like to share our struggles with people? Raise your hand. I know I love to. No, I don't. In social media, people don't post about their struggles. They post about their highlights. How many people post of their bloopers? Not many. So if you want to inverse this, the point of the text is what? Duplicity always brings 
misery. You get the reward in the beginning when you act like you have it together, you feel like you belong externally. But what do you get? Loneliness. So then the inverse of duplicity is if you lived out in vulnerability, what would your, what would your reward be if you were honest with others? It would be intimacy. You would be comforted. This week, I visited one of our pandemic couples that got married, Star and Row, who just, they're almost about to give birth. Star's really pregnant now. I think she's, Star's become infamous in my messages of stealing my driver and my sandwiches. But I want to give Johan credit too because uh, he was my driver before him. I think he felt, you know, left out of that story. But when he was young, he bought me a sandwich and ate it while coming to my house. So that's my revenge. But anyway, the sandwich is becoming a legend. But I, but I went to their house and um, we visited their house and they showed us so much love by giving us five meals at once. There was that Costco hot dog. There was, I mean, it was basically a Costco store, but Costco hot dog, there was spaghetti bolognese. Then there was three different types of steaks. And then there were other things I don't remember because I literally feel still bloated from that. But when people feed you, because you're hungry for lunch and you feast, you have these needs, the physical needs. And it's so explicit, the physical needs, aren't they? We ask people, are you hungry? Do you want to eat? And the material part of humanity, we are not ashamed of. We want to eat together. We feed each other. And that's in a way my parents will be loved. They, they would put meat on my plate more and more. But what about our emotional needs? Do we explicitly say that to others? Hey, I need to be seen. I need to be understood. I need you to be with me. That's not really so easy to do. So we feast in the United States almost to the point of gluttony because that's, they were trying to give me a heart attack. I think Star felt guilty for stealing my driver and my sandwich, so she was trying to compensate. But that's a contrast that I want you to see. Why are we so explicitly okay telling people our physical needs? But when we're struggling, we want to isolate. Why do we act like we're okay? Who told us that that's shameful? Because du that's why duplicity always leads to misery. Because people might think you're okay and you're not. So the what's your reward? Looking normal? You're not an actor. You're not getting paid. Why do we do it? Why is there shame and stigma in being human? Right? Because to say, I'm scared. To say... I'm not sure about my future. It's okay, it's human. There's no way you can see the future. So we're, today, that is so critical. Learning to express, 
my emotional needs to each other. Because if duplicity always leads to misery, then vulnerability leads to what? Intimacy. And then we complain. No one knows me. No one understands me. No one cares about me. <laughs> but we never share. My kids drive me crazy. My oldest son asked me what we're eating for dinner tomorrow. My youngest son asked me what meal I'm eating every hour during the pandemic. I, I don't want that. And so we live in a, a society where our eggs needs to be sunny side up or scrambled or too, it's too light, too dark. Our steak needs to be medium rare. Our, our cappuccino needs to have foam, too, light on the foam. And then we're explicit about the directives of all these things that are superficial. But when you need to tell someone about what you're really going on in the inner life, you can't. You can't express it. Who, the World Health Organization, did a, the largest quantitative data study in history in 2008 and found that 51% at that time would be struggling with some form of depression and anxiety. That's half of the global population. That's almost 4 billion people. 25% in America are taking drugs for anxiety, depression. And many more are struggling. But 70% studies show you're not getting treated. This is the state of our planet because someone told us somewhere along the way to be not together, not to be normal, is shameful. And that's where the gospel comes in. Where Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, burdened, and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. The gospel hits home to this 21st century problem of all, all of us here that are human and struggling on a struggle bus together. So today, let me ask you a question. There's duplicity in every level. How much are you hiding your pain or your fears from others to be accepted or to belong, this imaginary sense of belonging, when you're alone as a result? I hope that our community can become that picture of Star and Row creating a feast materially, but I want to create a feast emotionally. Because people are starving for real love, real understanding. What if we become, could become that community of grace to each other? Who doesn't want to be part of that? Who doesn't want to know a God like that? Right? Psalm tells us that God holds every, a record of every tear that we ever shed. So we can't be loved apart from being understood. Amen? So today, I pray that vulnerability would become a value and bring intimacy in. Amen? I pray the Spirit would show you the areas in your life where you're concealing and living like an actor. But you don't need to take that mask off today. You can be broken today. 
Because Jesus said, come to me, all who are what? Broken. And I'll give you rest. So that's the point. The lesson. Duplicity always takes more than it gives. It's the opportunity cost. It steals from us. Because if you're struggling today, you might not have anybody ask you how you are, and you might belong in a, in a certain sense. But it costs you what? Intimacy? And you're in a place of loneliness. I remember when I was younger, I'm still young, but preaching all over the country and my ambition was greatness. Greatness was the aim because I thought greatness gets you admiration and admiration would lead to joy and people liking you. And I remember coming back from one of these engagements, very large gathering. There was press there and everything. And amazing things happened. But coming back to the airport, I had no one that could pick me up that day. And I went on this train ride to Inwood. It was the longest train ride of my life. In I'm supposed to be happy, right? Because great things happened in my life. I did great things. But I had no one to share with. I was talking to the empty person. <laughs> it was, you know, like those people that do that in the city, they talk to them, so that was me. It was depressing. And you're at the mountaintop, but you feel a sense of despair. And that's the whole idea of David Brooks' idea of the second mountain. That the mountain of success leaves you in a place of despair, but a mountain of commitment to relationships is where joy really is. And that's where that train ride refined for me what I wanted in my life. I wanted real relationships. And that's the vision of 180. That's why I started 180. I wanted where lives are really shared and celebrated. Not just success. Because you can succeed at the cost of relationship. And in the end, what you'll get is not joy, but despair. And I felt an embarrassing amount of joy on the day I graduated from my doctorate program. I was just going to keep it small. My parents passed away. No one really else to make proud. But so many people in our community wanted to come. And it was like, no, 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 no. Okay, come. And, and it was so embarrassing because I had friends there that were published authors in the program, doctor program, and Danny, it was Danny's fault, but they were so loud cheering. People were looking like, who is this guy? And some people flew, some people drove for five, six hours and celebrated my achievement. 
And I felt a sense of intimacy and joy that I've experienced very few times in my life. Because that's what life is about. And I think that's what we all want. That's what friends is centered around. That's what Big Bang Theory is, how I met your mother is centered around. It's the relationship that celebrates with you because they really know you. And for me, my takeaway from that graduation wasn't my achievement, but man, I'm rich because of the people in my life. And so, if duplicity takes from you more than it gives, then intimacy, what? Gives to you more than it takes. Yes, it's hard to share Hey, I'm struggling right now. Hey, I'm afraid. Hey, I need you to understand me. I, I want to be understood. I'm lonely. To say those emotional things is just human. Everybody feels them. But the reward is so much greater. That's what Jesus is talking about in the end of the day. Intimacy. Friendship. And I pray the Spirit today would convict you to buy into that culture. Because if there are seekers, there are people seeking about who want to know who Jesus is about, who God is about, that's who he is. Jesus is someone that lived with 12 guys in vulnerability. And they fell in love with him because of who he was and what he modeled. Today, I pray that you would accept the invitation create a community where we can not only share it, each other's lives, but what? Celebrate each other's lives. Amen? Let's stand and pray together. Will you lift your hands with me today to the Lord and Could we pray, say, God, I want to be a person that embraces intimacy and, and vulnerability as a major value in my life so that I can have lifelong relationships that would cry with me and cheer with me. Because I've been to that mountaintop in many ways. And without people around you that really know you, it's shallow and hollow.
us feel as human beings, the uncertainty. The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And for those of us who feel far from God, who are looking for this love from others, from culture, are going to end up in the same place, despair. How could people love us unconditionally that can't love themselves conditionally? That's why we act. We conditionally accept ourselves because we believe that we have to be a certain way or perform a certain way. But the Father, the Heavenly Father doesn't look at us that way. He understands. He sees your story. And this is not about religion. This is about Jesus. The gospel is good news because Jesus has already done everything that had to be done for you to be accepted. And the greatest enemy of the spiritual life, as Henry Nellon says, is any voice that contradicts that motif that we're the beloved any voice that contradicts it. As we close today, I want to pray that, that before you go to any vices, 
any behaviors that are maladaptive, any coping mechanisms you have. I pray that you would listen to the message of the gospel. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, burdened. Jesus says, his adjectives are, I am humble, kind. He loves you. That will set you free. Father, we come before you this afternoon. All the voices in our lives today that tell us we're not enough. All the fears that say we might not make it. And even all the traumas that remind us that that this world is not safe. Our anchor must be Him who is immutable, who is always there. It's crazy, you know. In the center of the gospel, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's beautiful. Not in our pride, not in our strength, not even in our achievement, but in our weakness. He meets us. No strings attached. And I pray today in Jesus' name that the everlasting, every lasting love of God the Father would be, that revelation would be made known to you. You would experience it for yourself. And I pray the Spirit would begin that work today. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? And right after the benediction, we're going to conclude our service. And Please enjoy conversations and the lunch today. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy. My name is Minyoung. I'm a member here at 1A Church, and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 1A Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment method shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at Church 180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv, or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180 Church, which is available on text at 5397prayer and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, if your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline and we can celebrate the good news together. 
Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with a group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180 BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into goes into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu, who's a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. We also have a virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels. And it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. As you might have seen on our social media channels, we launched a care package delivery service called 180 Cares. And this is a great way to um, show appreciation and love to the people in our lives that, mean, that may need some encouragement. If you'd like to send one of these boxes or just want to learn more, you can go check out our website at 180church.tv slash 180cares. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.